The two largest South African trade union federations, Kasatu and SAFTU, called for a national shutdown on Wednesday. The mass action that was called for was in protest against rising costs of living, unemployment, crime and rising fuel prices in particular. There were also protests planned for across the country. But was the protest action significant enough for government to sit up and take heed of workers' grievances? I'm Catherine Rice, a journalist for News24's multimedia department, and you're listening to The Story, where we'll talk to journalists and experts about the biggest story of the week. We're talking to Fin24 journalist Kulakani Magubani, and later on we'll talk to South African Federation of Trade Union Secretary-General Zuelenzi Mavavi. Kulakani, thank you for your time. Was the national shutdown a success? Do you think government is going to sit up and listen to workers? That's a very important question that you asked there. Uh, And I would say one of the things that many people have been concerned about when it came to the national shutdown was the presence and the impact that it would have. And a lot of people know unions to be very robust in their mass action. And, you know, you know, they want to block roads. They want to make the country as hard to govern as possible to make their point. And we didn't see any of that on Wednesday. So many people would say that that points to a failure, uh, but it's quite a nuanced discussion because Walensi Mavavi acknowledged ahead of the national shutdown that this probably wouldn't be as big as the shutdowns we've seen in 2017 or 2018, for example. And he pointed to a deteriorating public transport system as the reason. And, you know, of course, um, he's the Secretary General of SAFTU and its largest union is NUMSA, who already indicated to SAFTU that they won't be able to support the national shutdown financially. So there's a lot of things to point to, but a lot of um, uh, th- there is also concern about union power waning and unions not being able to get as much people uh, behind their mass actions as, as they used to because, of course, employment is declining and that leaves a smaller pool for unions to recruit from. And, of course, there is the tanking faith that the general public has in unions and organized labor. So, all, overall, to uh, answer your question in a long-winded way, it wasn't a success in many ways. And what further complicates things is the constrained fiscal environment that government has to uh, honor these uh, demands that uh, Labour has. Uh, you know, they're talking about 1,500 rand basic income grants, raising the national minimum wage to 75 rands per hour. Um, very difficult demands to, to meet halfway. Kulakani, the federations, as you mentioned, want a package of interventions. What are these and how much will they cost government? I mean, in the current economic conditions, are they realistic? Yes, uh, these would be very diff- uh, difficult demands to to meet. Um, you know, like I said, there was that one one thousand five hundred rand basic income grant that they want to to see implemented. They want the national minimum wage raised to seventy five rands per hour. They want uh, supports for investing in um, state-owned companies, public transport. They want state-owned companies to insource all of their auxiliary labor, things like security and cleaning services. And we know that state-owned entities are in dire financial uh, conditions. You know, ESCOM just agreed to a 7% across-the-board wage agreement with uh, unions after going into those agreements saying that all they could afford was 0%. It's a very difficult situation, and it doesn't look like they'll be able to easily honor any of these uh, demands. 
The South African National Taxi Council did not participate in the strike. How did that affect the impact of the shutdown? Yes, we, we know that um, taxis are the backbone of, uh, of, of working class a transport system. You know, uh, many working class people will be living in places that are far flung from uh, uh, areas of uh, central business districts. And without, if, if taxis were to buy in and stay away, that would have definitely had an impact on, uh, the, na- uh, on the national shutdown's intensity. Crucial partner. Uh, uh, skipping the the, uh, the national shutdown, and that definitely changed things a great deal. Can you tell us about the latest unemployment figures released recently? Um, yes, uh, we did see uh, employment uh, unemployment um, uh, go, uh, go down, and a lot of people are optimistic uh, from that quarterly labor force survey. But what we need to remember is that uh, this is an improvement from a base that's already quite dire. Uh, we're still over 20% in terms of unemployment. We're still seeing uh, uh, this uh unemployment of people who are in the need category in terms of young people who want to work and maybe can work but have just given up looking for jobs is still uh, baked into the uh, employment markets of the country. Uh, it's not, you know, such as, you know, a country such as Germany where you have, you know, a 3% and that's structural unemployment because it's people who don't want to work anyway. Um, there are people who want to work in this country uh, and cannot, and it's still in numbers in the hundreds of thousands. Um, and of course, um, the former statistician general, Palil uh, Hotla, uh, pointed out um, to the news outlets that there's still that um, dynamic of for every million people that are born in this country, only 6,000 make it as far as matric. And out of that number, only about a quarter of a million make it out of matric with a pass that can take them to a good tertiary education facility. Uh, and that means that we are leaving so many people behind in terms of access to economic activity. It is uh, a tick up, but it, it, a lot of people don't really see it as a, as, as a reason to be allayed about the cons- unemployment concerns of South Africa. Scary numbers indeed. Thank you so much for your time. That was Kulakani Magubani, Fin24 reporter. We're now joined by SAFTU Secretary-General Zuelanzima Vavi. Zuelanzima, thank you for your time. Wednesday's protests were not on the scale of the 2018 mass protests, which is something you predicted. Why Why was that? Look, I think that the, at the scale of the stairway, it was very effective. A lot of workers that didn't come and anybody would have been in Johannesburg, Pretoria, would have seen that uh, there is a massive uh, lesser values of traffic in the streets that uh, attest to the fact that lots of workers stayed away from working. So there's no doubt about the strike, the fact that the strike was effective. But what was not uh, at the same scale as 2018 is the matches. In the main, Look, we normally rely on trains, in particular in Gauteng and Western Cape, to get workers into the demonstrations. There is no trains. The whole system has been uh, collapsed, and um, we now have to rely on the on the taxis. The combis only take 15, 18 people, and you have to bring a lot of them uh, to even uh, make 1,000 uh, demonstrators. And that killed us. What are you hoping government will do to deal with the cost of living crisis? At the center of the crisis, in our view, is government's 
inappropriate economic programs and policies. Inappropriate in that government have not changed the structure of the economy, have not developed a new growth path that will be underpinned by uh, re-industrialization of our economy, trapping down the resources that are leaving the country through illicit cash outflow, turn around its fiscal and monetary policies, stop chasing the inflation target of 3 to 6% and uh, target the, the crisis of unemployment and growth, stop the investment strike and austerity programs of the government. For the private sector, the 1.8 trillion rents that is hoarded, that is hoarded and, uh, by the private sector and rich individuals and tax it, produce a wealth tax and force them to invest that money in the productive sectors of the economy. And only when we deal with that and we begin to see an economy growing through redistribution of wealth, do we stand a chance of addressing in particular the principal problem of South Africa, which is that of unemployment. Only if we succeed to force government to abandon the current economic programs that are making South Africa a two islands. One island is super rich and it but is constituted by only 10% of the population, owns the wealth of, uh, owns 90% of the wealth of the country, and the 90% island owns only 10% of the wealth of the country. That's the source of instability, and this is what we, the combination of all of these things we've called a ticking time bomb. So so you do expect more strike action in the coming months as the frustrations of the poor increase? Absolutely. We do uh, accept that uh, we still have to build deeper levels of unity with uh, <clears throat> other federations. We still have to bring both NACTU FEDUSA on board. We need more of the localized uh, actions to be combined with the unity with the organized workers and uh, we need workers to begin to be active in their township uh, structures and so that they not only uh, relating with a struggle for a living wage but they relate with the struggle against uh, gender-based violence against uh, the drugs pandemic afflicting our young people they participate in the service delivery they lead those and uh, and uh, service delivery protests, and they take us back to how things used to be, basically in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s. So, Elenzima, there has been criticism that the protest itself damages the economy and, in fact, destroys jobs. Was it not perhaps counterproductive? Look, it depends on which class divide you stand, which side you stand on. On the side of the working class, they have been uh, the these uh, people who were paying and have been paying and are paying the supreme sacrifice. They go to work 365 days, and the, their loyalty to the system has only created these following conditions. There have been 15 years of load shedding, despite workers uh, presenting themselves to work 365 days every year. 15 years of load shedding, nothing has been done. And that load shedding has a class and race in it, in that it punishes more black people and uh, and working class communities than it will uh, punish the suburbians. 
So working every day has not helped us. This, the education crisis continues. The people who are unpatriotic, who undermine the common interest of all South Africans, are the guys who are moving sometimes between 300 and 400 billion rands out of this economy through illicit cash outflows. That's the unpatriotic uh, crowd. The unpatriotic crowd are those stealing between 35 and 40% of the government procurement policy, which amounts to a 250 billion rands every financial year. That's the unpatriotic people that we should be speaking about. And they're not only doing that. If you look at the report of the Dennis, uh, of, of Judge uh, Dennis uh, Davis, he reported that uh, at a minimum, we're losing 50 billion rands through tax dodging schemes of corporates in South Africa. And uh, those are the unpat- unpatriotic South Africans. They occupy, as I said, uh, 90% of the wealth of the population. And they are sitting on 1.8 trillion rands they are hoarding. They won't invest. They have invested, they have embarked in the longest uh, uh, investment strike in history. In terms of the economy and, and just how it's in such a poor state, are your demands realistic? I mean, how can government actually afford them? If government was only to go back to where the corporates were, on the eve of democracy. On the eve of democracy, corporate paid up to 54% of, co- of, uh, of corporate tax. 54% in 1992. Smiling, propping up an apartheid system that only benefited 10% of the population. This government naively believed their nice uh, propaganda that uh, a conducive environment must be created and that the tax must be cut. And they cut them from 54, they are now at 27%, and they may cut them further uh, come the 26th of October when the minister presents the medium-term budget policy framework statement. And uh, that amount of money can pay the basic income grant the, uh, with ease. Can, uh, can drive the biggest uh, infrastructure development program this country needs to create jobs and to put people in the rural areas in the first industrial revolution. We're not even talking about the fourth industrial revolution. Our people in the rural areas have no roads, have no water, and, um, and, uh, and they don't have food. We need them to, uh, to be able to use their land. And the only way for them to use their land is for a government to invest in the, in the appliances that will make them to, 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 to be productive and to use their land productively. And if only we were to trap back into the economy uh, the 400 billion rands that leaves this country through illicit cash outflow, we would be able to pay that 1,500 rand smiling. And we will have so much money in our books that uh, we can begin to, to drive a massive job creation program. Well, thank you so much for your time and those insights. That was SAFTU Secretary General Zwilinzi Mavavi. That's all we have time for this week. I'm Catherine Rice. Join us again next week for the story.